1: Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. This is an update on the Food Bank documentary, which you may have heard back in October. With Christmas just weeks away, we've gone back to the West End Food Bank in Newcastle to chat to two characters you may remember from the original documentary, Carol Rollins and Bill Corcoran. To tie in with Rich Pelsey's drive to publicise the work of football fans and their clubs in helping food banks up and down the country. We've returned to see if their fears of a growing demand voiced in October have now become a reality. If you haven't heard the original documentary in which we spoke to those people who use the charity, it will play automatically after this chat with Bill and Carol. We start off by asking them whether the demand seen in the first eight months of the year, which was a record, Has continued to grow?
2: It has indeed, yeah, very much a reality. Um, Obviously, the school meals uh, campaign headed by Marcus Rashford has helped. We now know that um, people who qualify will get school meals um, replacement, so they will get some vouchers, and that will be eased throughout Christmas and also the half term holiday in February. But that's really just like a little sticky plaster over, you know, a gaping wound. So we very much have seen an increase in demand. As an example, we don't have the December figures, but December is always around about a third more than the previous month. And in November, we gave out 1,608 parcels. Now, that probably doesn't mean much to a lot of people, but it equates to just under 4,500 people, 4,404 to be exact of which um 1805 are children now you can imagine um really the cold it's been so so cold and really mums and dads and families generally have just got to put a little bit more on the meter most people have meters where you've got to feed it you know it isn't just automatic you've got to go out and you've got to get tokens or you've got to get a you know a piece of paper and then just sort of pop it in and we find that they're using a lot more gas and electricity because it's just so cold so that cuts down what they can actually use for food. Um, Generally we have seen an increase I would say probably year on year It's about a quarter for going on last year's figures. Um, But there's a lot of very desperate people coming. And it's not just families. We're seeing an awful lot of single people, especially single males. Um, We can't quite track that back yet. But over the next few months, we'll be able to track it back and see exactly uh, why this is occurring.
3: Uh, Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I was there last week and, you know, you described the queue outside The Venerable B church uh, I saw it because I was dropping some I was dropping some selection boxes off and some baby things um, and you kind of walk through the queue and you look at the people and you're thinking they're standing in the cold, they're standing in the rain and um, you know they're they're doing their best you can't even smile because everybody's wearing masks and it's, it's the sort of brutal end of of what you see about a food bank. I think I said that nobody would ever volunteer. I know occasionally, you know, in the past, not so much now because people have understood what a, what a food bank is, but there have been occasional people who say, oh, well, you know, it's easy for them to go and, go and get things. Nobody would want to be there standing in, in that queue. Um, with your kind of two meter separation with the lines on the ground, if you you know even without the people there, you can walk past that church and have a look at the ground and it's got yellow lines on to to separate people from each other. So you know it's bad enough going through COVID because we can't see our friends and we can't be in close proximity for socialisation or whatever, and everybody's missing each other and there's there's a there's a great deal of angst about in the community and feel it. But to be standing there. On a Monday morning, and in the in the cold and the wet and the kind of weather we've been having, and you're stuck behind a mask and you can't see each other smile and you doubt even if anybody is smiling, and you just think, my God, you know, it's it's a great tribute to the to the incredibly staunch people like Carol and the volunteers who are going in there and helping at the front line with the people at the food bank, but the people at the food bank are suffering. I'm only pleased that we're able to put some food in their bellies. And so when they get home, you know, again, I always think about the kind of happy ending that somebody will come home with food. They'll put it on the kitchen table and they'll, they'll eat as a family and smile at each other. And, you know, hopefully the mother can ask the kid, what did they do at school today? And the kid will say, oh, we did this and that. It's very interesting. And we're looking forward to that. And, of course, and, and basically family life will carry on. But
1: it's tough for people. We spoke about the kind of a stigma attached to, to using a food bank. Do you think at Christmas, is that stigma even harder for, for people to come and reach out because you have got, you know, the, the kind of the perfect image of the presence under the tree and that perfect family Christmas, and when they have that realisation they can't provide that and they're struggling just to put food on the table, do you think it's harder for people to reach out at Christmas?
2: Yes, of course it is. You know, it's hard anyhow. And the one very, very sad thing that everybody... Um, really wants to do is to make their their kids happy. The sad thing is for a lot of families, they can't do that. You know, we've all been in a situation where perhaps we've wanted to get children certain things for Christmas and we haven't been able to afford them. And you you do almost anything to try and do that because it is special. Um, And our families simply don't have a choice. They don't even have a choice of what they can buy their kids because there's just not enough money around. So we try albeit in a small way, we we try and take a little bit of that away from them by this time of year, giving them the parcel. Um, And in addition, we're able to give them some extra food that so many people have so generously donated to us. I mean, we we really thought this Christmas we'd struggle, and I have to say we haven't. People have been extraordinarily generous. They really have. They've been fantastic. And, you know, as I'm talking to you now, I'm sitting in the hall, um, at the food bank in Benwell. And, you know, people have been so generous. We've given out Christmas chocolates today, and we've given out the usual mince pies and Christmas puddings, and just little things that we can give people that just make makes it look more like Christmas for them.
1: It makes a difference. And, and something else that was done at the start of the month was the Advent calendars. Now, usually that's driven by the fact there'll be plenty of home games up at St. James's Park, of course, due to COVID. You haven't got that this year. So how has that affected what is a wonderful gesture to make sure that every kid that comes to the food bank has in advent calendar you ask
3: how many Jesus hundreds <laughs> hundreds possibly thousands we used to say that I mean I remember once we collected 1100 um, between a football match and something else and uh, it was it was hilarious we're, we, we, we never got a bad reaction from the people at the warehouse but they were sort of going how many advent it's getting in the way and we're like yeah I know but you know never mind and nobody minded that
2: it's fantastic you know and the Newcastle United fans they couldn't donate in front of St. James's Park into our usual pre-match situation. So they brought them directly here. You know, um, and it wasn't just the fans. We've had Isaac Hayden here, we've had Paul Dummett, um, you know, we've we've had um Gillespie, we've had we've had everybody here. It's been absolutely fantastic. Isaac Hayden arrived with nearly 200 um advent calendars, you know, just all sorts of. I mean, it was just absolutely marvellous, but the fans have done it as well. They've just been turning up. You know, one guy arrived with 500, 500 calendars. It's just extraordinary
1: and it has been such a big community effort. There's so many people that Carol wanted to mention. People, companies who have not only gone the extra mile to ensure that the food bank remains stocked, but also who've donated items and time to make sure that those using the food bank can get something that little bit extra this Christmas. We've got the guys from Dame Allen School backed by the Newcastle United Foundation. Steve Rafe, Reese from Gosworth Harriers, George, the 11-year-old who donated his birthday money. We've got a massive effort from a company called Kitmas who've donated... A hundred football shirts, mainly Newcastle United shirts, but a few Real Madrid and Barcelona ones too. Diane the Knitter, Twinkle Books, and Petrel Solicitors, just a few names to mention who've all done their bit to help make Christmas a bit more special for those in need. As well as, as you've just previously heard, the Newcastle United players, they delivered a very special message to those who volunteer and work at the food bank.
4: Hi everyone Newcastle Western Food Bank. Well, thanks for all your help uh, and the local community. The you're doing is brilliant, so um, I wish you a Merry Christmas and new year.
3: It was a pleasure to, to see you. I have a really good memory when I go to the Food Bank, so I just want to say to you Merry Christmas and I miss you a lot.
5: To everyone involved with the Food Bank, we just want to say congratulations on all the great work you've been doing. Um, we hope you have a great Christmas, stay safe, and hopefully we'll be able to see you soon.
4: It's a difficult time for the food bank in general because um, they rely on a lot of donations uh, to be able to provide food for people who cannot afford or people that are in very desperate situations Um, and as I said usually with matches and things like that they get a lot of donations uh, so it's been a bit difficult with no one being allowed to go to games but they They've been seemingly getting a lot of donations um, from a lot of you know, nice general public. Um, a few of the lads have been down there also with um, packages to, to help out. And The more that anyone can do to help, um, no matter how small or big, um, will be um, sufficient and would be helping them out a great deal.
3: I had asked you, Kasi united I said, look, it'd be lovely to get a message from you to the people at the food bank. And I was thinking they could maybe write something on some headed notepaper and we'll give it out with the selection boxes. And I and I, I kind of, to be fair, <laughs> I was hustling them and saying, well, is there any chance of getting this done? And then they got struck with COVID-19 and I thought, well, fair enough. You know, they've got other things on their mind. And then on a Monday morning, I get a WhatsApp message and it's this. And I'm going, my God. And uh, so I just sent it straight to the to to carol at the food bank so she could see it and so she could show everybody there and then we released it and you know just watching it it was just natural from the players they're not scripted they're talking they're they're decent ordinary fellas like you say they could be they could be out thinking about their short share portfolios or their money it's not about money it's about the joy of playing the game it's about the joy of playing the game in front of the of the fans, which I know they miss. That's one of the things that Isaac Hayden said when he came to the to the food bank. T- and I've got to be absolutely honest when, <laughs> as I call them now, it's it's the famous
2: dummerton Gillespie moment, right? Because, um, you know, I I didn't recognise them. I was one of two. It was Laura and I. And we actually went out, you know, and those two guys there with boots, two two cars full of you know bootfuls, and. We were busy. And, you know, even though we spoke to them for about five or 10 minutes, we were just chatting. And I said, where are you from? Where's somebody from? And one of them used to live near my mom. And and we were just chatting. I mean, it was just and both Laura and I said, what lovely lads, what really nice lads. Isn't that lovely that they did that? And then when Gemma came back in, we showed her the photo. and She said, are you two for real? Should you know who they were? <laughs> we went, no, should. Oh my goodness, you know. Um, and it was lovely. They just arrived, and of course, I think they were quite amused as well at the fact that really we didn't recognise them, and they didn't tell us either, the little tinkers. You know, they. I think they were having a bit of fun as well. But then to find out that officially these guys had actually done a video. I mean, it was just again something that they did for us, which is quite extraordinary. And it just makes it worthwhile. And actually what it does, I mean, they're not of course, they're on, you know, mega books, these guys, but, you know, just the fact that they think of us and the fact that they bring stuff and the fact that they help us because the publicity is really, really important because obviously the amount of Newcastle United fans, they do respond to it.
1: And it's been fantastic. So what would be your message to those who have donated? Even in these tough times, they're still thinking about people worse off than them and helping those in need. What would you like to say to them?
2: Well, very simply, they've changed lives. But more importantly, I think, think about it, that you personally have changed a life.
3: My message is is absolute humble thanks to my fellow citizens who have stepped forward and, and done this. Um, it is so important what you're doing. Not a single penny is wasted. All of it goes to help the people. And we, we will never forget these years when the people in Newcastle were tested, when the people of the greater Northeast were tested, this was their response, which was dignity and decency. And that will never be forgotten. And there without them, none of this would have would have worked none of this would have would have would have happened
1: thank you very much for listening hopefully we've given you an insight into just how important your donations are to the food bank especially at this time of year now if you want to donate you can head over to the food bank's website that's newcastlewestend.foodbank.org.uk where you can drop them a monetary donation if you feel like you need help from the food bank all the information is also on that website and they will point you in the right direction to what you have to do next now this is the extended version so right after i've finished speaking you will hear the original podcast documentary which showed you just how the food bank works and spoke to those who've come to use it and you can hear just what a lifeline it has been please sit back and listen and i wish you a merry christmas and a happy new year
0: to basically come here because i can't afford to buy food and um you know toiletries and things like that for myself my little boy so um it's it's not ideal but if it wasn't somewhere like this i would be really stuck
6: the staff are great and literally it's a lifeline. everyone so don't be shy it's pretty it's really getting me stocked up with the cupboards and all that So i've been opening tins of stuff from obviously about four or five years ago, and I thought, ooh, that doesn't look too healthy.
1: (laughs) Those are the voices of just some of the thousands of people dependent on the West End Food Bank in Newcastle. In the month of October, when Newcastle United fans donated more than £23,000 to the charity, while at the same time the government voted down the proposal to extend free school meals through to Easter, I spent a morning up at the food bank. With demand rising and that only set to continue to increase during the winter months, I spoke to those who staff it, but more importantly those in who the food bank has come to serve. Just how important is the charity to them? To remove that awful dilemma of either putting the heating on or putting food on the table. And what would they say to anyone yet to reach out for help? This is NUFC Fans Food Bank, a United Front. It's a Thursday morning in the middle of October and it's just gone 930 30. I'm standing outside the Venerable Bead Church in the West End of Newcastle. Now anyone who knows the West Road within the city will know this is a busy high street, lots of shops, plenty of people mulling around and as you might be able to hear, a fair bit of traffic too. And right in the heart of this community is the West End Food Bank, providing food parcels to those in need. Now the doors to the food bank don't open for another 30 minutes yet but already the queue is snaking around the corner. Thankfully it is a dry morning and the sun is out but it's still bitterly cold and I can't help but think what it must be like to stand here in the pouring rain. Now inside the church there is a flurry of activity from staff and volunteers of the food bank who are making up the food parcels for every sort of scenario. Whether that be someone on their own, in a couple, a single parent or a family, big or small, each need is catered to. And that is something which strikes you straight away. Poverty does not discriminate. Looking at the queue in front of me, there are different genders, different races, and ultimately different stories to why these people are here today. But the reasons are the same. They need the food bank to make sure that they and their family don't go hungry. Now in the week, that Newcastle United fans raised more than £23,000 I'm here to find out how that money is spent speaking to those entrusted to make sure every penny goes where it should and more importantly to those who depend on the service and that's where we'll start with a fantastic amount donated to the charity
7: so normally when people donate online to the food bank, that, would, um, that email would come, in, come into my entry and I always try and just check in and give a little personal word of thanks. My name's John McCurry and I'm Chief Executive with Newcastle West End Food Bank. Over the uh, volume of emails that come in, um, I just was absolutely amazed. There was absolutely no chance that I was going to be able to look at each single individual donation, there were just so many Um, it was overwhelming and it really did you know, um, it it, it was great to my heart to see that so many people cared so much um, not just about the campaign but about what it was, uh, where where their donations were going to go so thank you um, so much to everybody who took the time to do that.
1: You've seen some amazing acts of generosity over your time at the food bank, where does this
7: rank? Um, Being part of the the NUSC Fans Food Bank and the wider fans support... Um, for the club is amazing when we go to match days um, there's a real sense of community spirit and Christmas is always the big time and that is when we get the wow factor about being part of this city Um, this campaign uh, in many ways replicates that now and and surpasses it because we can't do those collections anymore but this just lets us know that people are out there still wishing us well and, and, and behind us and supporting us
1: Did it bring a little tear to your eye when you when you saw the emails coming in?
7: (laughs) You know what? The beautiful thing about this job is the humanity that you see others bring to it. So yeah, it's always it's always touching, heart touching that when you see that happen.
1: Bill?
7: You're looking thinner and ever give us one of (laughs) those. Bill Cochran,
5: volunteer Newcastle United Fans Food Bank.
7: I'm still staggered by the 5,000
5: we originally had and the 23,000, it just confirms everything I've said about the people of the North East, their generosity, their spirit and the community and how much they care. I don't think anything is more important than feeding children in this society. And um, I think the community-heartedness of the football fans of this, of this, this region, actually, because it isn't just Newcastle fans, it's all football fans, it's all people who are unifying about this it just makes me very very humble to be involved in in a small way i wish we didn't have the biggest food bank in the country in our city having a food bank is an obscenity and it shouldn't be allowed and tolerated by any civilized country and government but the fact that we've had to have it and we've unified and actually we're dealing with it is is another great tribute to the to the magnificent history and people of, of this, of this, of, uh, of the greatest and most civilized city on earth, that is Newcastle on Time. Anybody comes at me with that, I can prove that. This proves it as well.
1: While twenty-three thousand pounds, of course, is a huge sum of money, it doesn't go as far as you might think. Across the five pickup points that the charity has within Newcastle, on average, they'll see one thousand people every single month at a cost of thirty thousand pounds. The sad reality is is that the money received will only give the food bank breathing space for a few extra weeks. Of course, this is all still a huge boost to the charity, but without a matchday collection, heightened fears over job security, public donations down, and all this with the country on the verge of a second wave of coronavirus and Christmas on the horizon, the need for the food bank is only going to increase. And that'll be on top of the staggering numbers already seen this year.
2: Demand is always scary. My name is Carol Rowland. I am the uh, Pathways Welfare and Volunteer Manager at Newcastle West End Food Bank. I'll give you a, a statistic, frankly, that when I read it, I, I said to Gemma, who I work with, we're going to have to check those figures because I don't think that can possibly be right. But if I say to you that um, literally from April the 1st, 2019... Uh, to the 31st of March 2020 we saw 33,000 people now that in itself is a phenomenal figure so bear that in mind the full year just gone we saw 33,000 people in total this year from April the 1st 2020 to September we saw 27,000 people that's the comparison. I think if we were anywhere else in the world, we'd be frightened people. But because we're in the northeast and especially Newcastle, we don't fear anything because, frankly, the community and local businesses always come, they always come up trumps for us. Um, they've never failed us yet. But, yeah, it is, you know, we, we see, as you know, thousands of people every single solitary month. And the fear is that you run out of food. Um, it's never happened because we always put out a request and we always get that request fulfilled. Twenty-three thousand pounds of course goes a very, very long way, but you can imagine, you know, giving everybody a parcel that has got to essentially last them three or four days. Um it it, it costs money.
6: So, I've got carrots, I've got, um, potatoes. so rice here and so, some fruit, which I don't really eat fruit very much and I've been eating that, a lot of that, like you say, and then toiletries. <laughs>
1: well wrapped, whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> so you've got, yeah, you got kind of rice crackers, rice, oh, right. uh, rice. apple juice, so... Did you, did you think when you first came, like, you would be getting what in here? Because it's good quality stuff as well. Oh, it is, like you say, definitely what i looking at. Oh, man, eh? like I said like, you would have
6: thought it would have been rubbish, <laughs> but it's not. It really is good stuff, like... My name's Eric. It's brilliant, it's really getting me stocked up with the cupboards and all that. So I've been opening tins of stuff from, obviously, about four or five years ago, and I thought, ooh, that doesn't look too healthy. You know, you think so, you know, things shouldn't be like this, you know. I have a universal credit. I thought that stopped in August, because I wasn't getting any payment at all. What it was, they stopped paying it in the original account, and they paid it in another account. And had to go across to the Abbey to find out what it was. And they go, Oh, your money's in this account. And I goes, oh, this account has been open since my mum died over two years ago. And they goes, Oh, your money's in there. And I just don't know what happened. I was just getting so short of money. I was getting really, really worried, like you know. But it's sorted out now, like I'm getting sorted out there a couple of weeks ago. And it's just great with the food and all that, like you know.
1: Was it a big step for you to take advantage of what's on offer here? Was it Was yes, it, it to your pride, maybe? It was
6: embarrassing. It was like, where, where am I going from here? Like you say, I say what, why do I have to do this?
1: Like, you know. When you walked in, was your expectation different to what you had in your mind?
6: <laughs> yes, yes, it was. I was a bit nervous, but as soon as the lasses at the front door, you've got to keep a distance right? And they're watching you American and the camera, it was Come on in, get yourself in there. It's, it's a pleasure to do it, like, you know. When I got up this morning, it was the first thing I thought, it's, it's something to do the day it? It's something to get out for, like. Uh. What would be your message to those who need this and are yet
1: to maybe
6: accept it? what's there? Just go for it, like you say, You're more than welcome in this place. When you come in, they're, they're so friendly. As soon as you step through that door, you're just... You're like, like, you're like butter in the hands, like, you know. They're really all good, like, you know.
1: Eric's story is just one of thousands of heartbreaking tales which if you're in a relative position of comfort in your life might make you humbled and think twice as I did about the everyday items and choices that maybe we take for granted. I'm thinking about when we go to the supermarket. Many of us can afford to be picky with the sell-by dates choosing what we fancy above the cost of it, whereas Eric as you heard was weighing up the decision of opening up tins of food that had gone out of date four or five years ago just to avoid hunger. That is the choice no one should have to make.
0: Good morning. I am. Are you? I'm. Are you all right today? Aye. Good
7: lad. Have you got a number for me or have you got a
0: voucher? I've got a voucher. So that's
2: brilliant. all
7: right then? Aye. Just take your time, there's no rush. I'm going to meet my girlfriend at 12 o'clock.
0: Well you'll need some flowers for her, will you? You turn that round for me, so
7: I I, to sit
6: upside
2: down. Thanks, Treasure. Right, come on, I'm
7: gonna let you choose. What you fancy?
2: You pick those. But no, not no, pic-
7: you know. I would have picked those. You know if they, if someone else, uh, yeah, I think she'll like them just as. So you take those for me. Come on,
2: sit yourself down. I hand them to them, yeah. normally I just pick a bunch and I hand them, but because it was for his girlfriend, I thought, we well, choose them, because, you know, people here don't have choice, that's the one thing poverty takes away from you, Andrew, poverty. People say to me, what is the difference? Well, the difference about having money and not having money is choice. If you've got money, you've got choice, you've got choice in many, many things. People here don't have choice.
1: Another thing that stood out from Eric was the message to people in a similar position to him. He said at the beginning he was embarrassed, he was nervous, he was ashamed at saying, I need help, I need help to put food on the table. After coming, his message is now, just do it, reach out, admit you need help and come down to the food bank, speak to the people, get these food parcels to make sure you don't go hungry. And that's a message that resonates with the next lady, a single mum from Newcastle.
0: My name's Kate. I'm a single parent with a six-year-old. He's tiny, but he likes to eat. And I don't like to say no, because I don't want to have to say no to him. I shouldn't have to say no to him. I can live off whatever, but I just don't want him to be the one that misses out. It's not his fault, you know what I mean? He didn't ask for this. None of us asked for this. You know, mummy's always worked and mummy's always provided for him and now because of this, I can't at the minute. You know, I don't want to have a, like a lavish lifestyle, but I want him to have a healthy lifestyle. Um, and I want him to be able to have like sort of, you know, fresh fruit, vegetables and um, things like that. And, you know, it, it, just even down to, you know, like toilet rolls and things like that, you know, it's just for myself personally at the moment, I've got so little disposable income. I just can't make ends meet. I can't. Luckily for me, there are places like this where you can come and I really would be stuck if I didn't have somewhere like this to be able to come to. I was due to start working for a new employer on the 6th of April, but due to COVID, I haven't actually started work. So I'm on universal credit. I've got a mortgage. My mortgage holiday has come to an end. So basically I'm having to pay £477 out of a £614 payment. So I don't have any money to live off. Um, I've never been in this situation before in my life. I've had to basically come here because I can't afford to buy food and um, you know, toiletries and things like that for myself and my little boys.
1: At this point in our chat, Carol, who we heard from earlier, comes up with Kate's food parcels and puts them down beside us. Carol tells Kate that she's welcome at the food bank for as long as it takes her to get back onto her feet.
0: It's like Christmas. <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, I can already see, you know, there's like things for my little boy and. You've got um, nice
1: touches as well. Like, you've got the flowers, like, that you get and you've got the Halloween. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, you've got the flowers there in your package in it and a wrapped present as well. Oh, What do what them little touches mean to you on top of the, the food that you get? It just it?
0: makes you feel like, I don't know, like. Like happy and, and kind of like special you know um, it's been a long time since I've had flowers <laughs> so um, that's really lovely I mean that again that you know you would never expect that that's a really lovely beautiful touch I mean I'm 42 years of age and I've never had to do this before in my life and um, it's not something um, I'm necessarily proud of but in the same light if it wasn't for somewhere like this I really would be stuck um, so I think, you know, if if you are struggling and you are, you know, in a situ- similar situation to myself, I think you just need to swallow your pride and accept the fact that we're in a really bad time at the moment. We're going through a pandemic and if if you can get help from anywhere, then take it. There's no reason to feel embarrassed. There's no reason to feel ashamed. Um, you know, the people that, especially the workers who are here, just make you feel so, like, welcome and so, you know, They they don't judge you, you know, there's there's, there's nobody judging here at the end of the day. I mean, you know, I'm quite, uh, half of me sort of feels that I feel a little bit guilty, if I'm honest with you, because, you know, I have got a beautiful house, I've got a lovely, you know, yes, I've got all of that. But my circumstances are because, obviously, I'm not at work at the moment. But there's a lot of people who probably need this a heck of a lot more than me at the moment, and I appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, I I have to think of myself, and I have to think of my little boy, and really... Because of him, that's why I'm here today. But if you're thinking about it and you're not sure and you think, you you know, you might feel a bit embarrassed, there's nothing to be embarrassed about at all. Come up um, and get yourself, you know, to what you're entitled to at the end of the day. If the government aren't going to help out, get yourself the help, you know. Um, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's my attitude now. I've got to look after number one. <laughs> so, um, So, yeah, so definitely come up.
5: The motto of our food bank, if we have one, is the word dignity. We kind of nicked it from Kevin Nolan in the promotion season. And it was a time when Newcastle United weren't seen as a particularly dignified organization. And us fans were getting a lot of grief about various things. And we thought, now, nah, dignity is important. I'd say to Kate and all the people there, she's just done the most brave thing you can do as a mother. She's protected her children. She's subsumed her own pride and she's got over how she feels and she's done an v- incredibly brave thing for, for herself, for her family, to keep them together. Whatever she might feel now, OK, we get it. When she cooks, cooks the kids a meal and sits down with them, she'll smile and she'll stick together with her family and she'll know that the community cares about her. And that word dignity is the most important thing. It doesn't matter if you've got to go to a food bank. It, it, it only counts that you feed your kids.
2: People are very brave. They're incredibly brave. It takes, it takes a lot to walk through that door. And no, not everybody could, um, but they are brave to do that. And we always have to remember that because in walking through that door in their own mind, they're at rock bottom. What is very, very important for us to do when they walk through that door is to try and let them know everything's gonna be all right. We can't solve everything, but what we can give them is dignity and respect. We will help them every week, every week. You know, some some food bank charities have, you know, operate a three parcel in, in six months that's their choice but how can you dictate to somebody that that is when they're going to be hungry you know if we think that people are in genuine need and they need our help until they are back on their feet we will give them a parcel every week until their life gets better
1: why why do you do this why do you help people out and because you are, you are putting yourself at risk here with the COVID you are. Yeah,
2: yeah. and I think every, everybody, whether they're staff or whether they're volunteer, has their own very personal reasons. We all have our own lives and we've lived our own lives. And, you know, I'm a great believer. And again, my old dad, who taught me very well, used to say to me, if you can go to bed at night and as you're cleaning your teeth, you look in the mirror, you look at yourself in the eyes and you genuinely say, I've done all right, that's what it's about and a lot of us understand some of the things they're going through. But I go back to when, you know, people were saying, do we close, do we stay open? Where are they going to go? What are they going to do? I'll get philosophical now, but look at Maslow's principles. You know, you can talk about shelter and warmth and food, and it's every single solitary person's right. And when I first started as a volunteer, over three years ago, every single day I used to have to go in a cupboard um, and have a weep because I could not believe what I was seeing. I'd seen I Daniel Blake, Ken Loach got a lot of a lot of stick about the fact that people said he'd exaggerated. Frankly, he didn't go far enough, and I've told him that. And we still see it now, you know. So I used to weep. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then as I got to know more and more things, this was 2017, and I learned about the problems of universal crime, I just got really angry. I got as mad as hell. So I went from crying to being as mad as hell. Now, I'd like to think I'm more considered. You know, I get mad and I cry, but you know, not, not as often. It's about passion. And it's about this lovely city of ours. And it's about caring for people. And it's about always Andrew, thinking
1: there, for the grace of God, go on. That is a message that Carol wanted to get out, that the stereotype that people who use the food bank are in this situation due to their own making or because of a dependency on drugs or alcohol, it's just not the case. Now around 5% are classed as addicts and there's a real anger from staff when people make that assumption. It could happen to you, it could happen to me, it happened to Kate and Eric. The staff here, they see teachers and engineers and a long list of people from many professions which you just never really expect to have to walk through these doors. And it goes back to what I said right at the start, that poverty does not discriminate. Now, of course, none of this could happen without those who donate. From Mrs. Kendi who put 15 pounds through Bill's door to the six-year-old girl who donates her pocket money every four weeks, right up to the 86-year-old lady who drops off fruit and veg from her allotment every single month. This truly is a United front. And the push which saw pay-per-view money turned into donations, saw so fans from all over the globe put their hands in their pocket. People like the next chap, Emil Fanji who held a YouTube watch-along with Newcastle United fans and Manchester United fans to encourage people to donate.
8: The idea itself came from Liam, who runs the ToonPol's Twitter account. Uh, that was the initial idea for the food bank donations in the first place anyway. But he said, would you like to do something? Would you like to make a, a bit of an event? Just so there was something on that fans could actually watch instead of paying the money to watch it on TV. So we set it up and um, it, it was a great success. You know, the, the food bank is a, a matchday staple. Anyone who walks past the stand that they've got outside the Gallagher, uh, it's it's there every game. And, you know, if there's no one going to the games, then there's no one donating to that, and they're not going to be there. So this was a great way and a great incentive to make sure that they were making at least some of the match day revenue. And I, I think it's one of the, the best movements that uh, I've, I've seen in all my time of supporting Newcastle.
0: Hello, my name is Charlotte Robson. I've supported Newcastle United for my sins for all of my life, actively since I was about 11, I think. Oh my goodness, when I saw that we we raised 23K for um, charity, not pay-per-view, I was just, I mean, astonished and in awe, and it made me want to cry because it's just such an amazing amount of money. Um, that's going to help so many people and it's just so wonderful to see i'm also kind of not surprised because i think we're such a sort of generous bunch yes when i saw that amount i was just just so proud and so so happy to be part of this fan base
4: oh hi my name is ray have been a toon fan since the age of 10. 16 hours, so that's 50 years I've been a Newcastle fan. It was a no-brainer just to donate the £15 pound to the Western Food Bank and try and help uh, people who are less fortunate than myself, particularly bear in mind what's going on with with the COVID. I think that the, the food banks, God forbid, shouldn't really exist. Um, you know, but you, can, you can tell by my voice I'm just so exasperated by the fact that we still need them. It's still a fairly rich country, and uh, these things that that we still need. So um, one day, hopefully, the food banks won't exist. And uh, Mr. Corcoran and his pals won't won't have to do what they do, you know, do a great job. But it's an embarrassment that we we'll still have to have them. Um, but obviously, in terms of, of my own philosophies, I just wanted to do something to help uh, people who are worse off than me. Willingly gave me £15 pound to the food bank, do a fantastic job.
1: Something else that stands out about the 23,000 plus raised is the fact, and it's only assumption, but I think it's a fair one to make, that some people who donated to the cause may not be in the most secure position themselves with furlough and the effect that the pandemic has had on job security, and yet people are still putting 15 pound in the pot to help those worst off. I don't know about you, but I'm just overwhelmed to see that community spirit, that community effort, everyone pulling together in a time of need. What is the view of those who have benefited from this weekend of fundraising what do they think of what Newcastle United fans have achieved?
6: Well, I'm not a football fan, but I will be one now. <laughs> I really will, like I if that's the, it's, that attitude towards the things that, you know, it, that was brilliant.
0: Yes, I, I saw that and I thought that that really. I saw that on the. Um, I think I saw it on the Chronicle um, on, on, through the uh, Facebook yesterday, and I just thought that was absolutely brilliant, really brilliant. And I mean, that's. Just, but you know, why should Newcastle United fans be doing it? It should be the government. Um, you know, I just thought that was absolutely spot on. I really did that, and again, that really it really moved me because, especially when from a personal point of view, it's affecting someone like myself. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there who it's not affecting, and brilliant, great. You know good on it but for people like me I just thought that was really really good and I thought that was a lovely touch you know so um yeah but that's Newcastle United fans for you you know so they're good ones
7: sometimes you get donations of a couple of pound online or uh, five pound and other times you get you know twenty twenty five pound donations and you know that couple of you know pound is equally valued because you know that somebody really maybe doesn't have a lot of money and they're digging deep and helping out their neighbours and one of the things I find beautiful about um, Newcastle is the sense of one city and looking after your neighbours so really I appreciate that people are finding hard times and and we just are so grateful for their support.
1: The doors closed after three hours. And in that morning, the food bank served 229 people, 92 of which were children. That number is staggering. 92 children were catered for on the morning I went down to the food bank. 92 children. They had to go with their parents, their guardians, their relatives, just to ensure that they had food that shouldn't have to happen. And in the month that the government wrote down the motion to extend free school meals and Marcus Ratchford had to lead a campaign to ensure no kid goes hungry, it really does hit home the importance of the West End Food Bank and other food banks across the region, across the country, which make sure no child goes hungry. But we shouldn't have to do this, should we? In a moment, we'll relay the key message of this podcast. Above the thanks and gratitude of the staff and volunteers and those who use it, The key message is that if you're listening to this and you're thinking about reaching out but you just haven't done so yet, and you're maybe feeling ashamed or embarrassed about doing so, the message is you don't need to feel that way. There is no embarrassment for you simply reaching out and making sure that you don't go hungry. Now, before we do that, I just want to mention a few things that the food bank have gone through and do that maybe haven't gotten noticed. Like during COVID, Whereas before they would let as many people into the church as possible, they now can only allow two in at any one time. Which is of course horrible for those waiting out in the sometimes wet and cold, but it's to keep everybody safe. There's also the extra effort put into the parcels so the charity now provides gluten-free, vegetarian, dairy-free and halal packages to those who request it. They're even looking into a diabetic one as well. To me, that just shows you how far your donations go. The parcels aren't just generic, they are on a way tailor made to your dietary or religious needs. And in turn, that sums up the community aspect of the charity and just how far the staff will go to make sure you're looked after. There's also added additions like recipe books tailored to the food packages, activity packs for the kids and puzzle books for the older clientele, which have been a godsend during isolation. It really just goes to show how community is central to all of this.
2: I'm not going to quote Liverpool and when you walk through a storm and all of that, although I feel like singing it to be honest, but it is genuinely that. Because when you come through this door, you will be greeted by people who understand. In my life, I've had a lot of money and I've had nothing. And whilst I haven't experienced everything that the people here have, there's an awful lot of us as volunteers and staff who have been where they are. And we just understand, you know, it's not about sympathy, sometimes it is about empathy. But the point is, more than anything, it's about having a smile on your face. And sometimes a mask takes that away, but you can smile with your eyes and you have to learn how to do that. So it is hard. I'm not gonna say for one second, walking through this door is gonna be easy. Um, But once they're here, whatever it is that is going on in their life, nine times out of 10, somebody here can help them with it. And if we can't, we'll find somebody who can. But the one thing we can give them immediately is three or four days of good food.
1: Hello, my name is Kerry, and I come to the West End Food Bank. Without it, I just i don't know where I would be, you know, um, and other people alike. Um, so, like I say, they do a really good job. Just really swallow your pride, you know, and just... Uh, come up and see what what they're like, you know. I mean, I guarantee the first time you come, you know, they'll put you at ease and stuff. You see them more than friends and stuff than you do, like just just people who have to give you food, you know. I mean, like I say, I mean, I come and Carol say how are you, and I'll say Carol, how are you, you know. And it's 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 good, it's good to talk to people like that, you know, when you're feeling down and what have you.
6: The staff are great and literally it's a lifeline everyone. So don't be shy.
2: My old dad, who um, was a high-ranking policeman for many, many years, taught me well when I was younger. And he always said to me that anybody is capable of anything given the right set of circumstances. And I, I, I don't sit in judgment of anybody, and neither should anybody else. Anybody who's sitting in a beautifully comfortable home, you know, with a loving family around them, in a breath that can be taken away, you know, a, a, a short breath.
5: We want to give them that dignity and, and tell them that the fans of this, of this city, the fans of this team, the fans of this region actually care about them. And we think that's really important as well because we want those kids to understand that. Look, we've all had bad times in our, in our lives, in our childhood or whatever. It doesn't define you. It doesn't mark you. Um, we're, we're, we're looking at the, the fact that some of the richest young men in the city, the footballers, uh, the, the prettiest young men, are, you know the most successful if you like, they're contributing to this as well. They're making sure that this is alive in the hearts of the people. We're talking about Alan St. Maxim and we're talking about Isaac Hayden. People who don't have to be doing this. They can go and count the Ferraris if they want to. But no, instead, they've made it known that they support the food bank. And that I want that message to go to some seven-year-old kid in Bel- Benwell and Elzek, in Biker. The footballers care. We all care. So we all stick together, we take this as a city, we win as a team, we lose as a team. We look after each other, we take care of each other and we leave nobody behind.
1: This has been In Everything is Black and White podcast production brought to you by Chronicle Live. Interviews, narration and production by Andrew Musgrove. You can find the link to donate to the food bank by simply searching West End Food Bank Newcastle into Google.